Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Human Again podcast. I was originally planning on talking about the topic of complexity two weeks ago, but if you listened to that episode, you know that didn't quite go as planned. Given recent events in the world, it seems fitting I would talk about it this week, though. One of my hopes for the podcast as a whole is that it provides a contrast to the many voices and sources of content floating out in the world that severely oversimplify their subject matter. When there's an agenda or product to push, information and content often get presented through a very narrow lens in order to support the viewpoint of the source, rather than allowing for an open examination of all the details. My goal is to approach subjects with a bit more humility and curiosity, to truly explore multiple sides rather than just tell you what to think and how to feel. I've said before that I aim for a more holistic view, and an appreciation of complexity is a key part of that. I'm seeing the importance of this even more in the current situation with COVID-19. Many people are just reading headlines or holding to simple explanations like, it's not that bad and barely anyone is dying, while others are saying, it's an apocalyptic scale disaster that will kill half the population. There are issues with either extreme, as one can lead to poor prevention that causes more people to become infected and die unnecessarily, while the other can put people in a panic that causes reckless behavior, major disruptions to everyday life, and heightened stress, which ironically may lead to more deaths in itself. Rather than looking into it and researching how it works or why it's significant, we grab onto simple explanations, say it's just like the flu or SARS and assume we have it all figured out. There's an unspoken pressure to have a confident opinion on the subject, But most people have probably not done enough research to warrant their confidence about whatever position they've settled on. Meanwhile, the complexity of the issue goes beyond just the disease itself. It has also impacted the world economy because of fears of what it will do to various industries and the many ways it's already affecting countless businesses and shutting things down. As a result, the stock market's been all over the place, which has additional repercussions in itself. One silver lining is that interest rates dropped very low, so a lot of people are able to refinance and get a lower payment on their houses. But the negative side is that many people have also lost a large percentage of their savings, businesses are stretched thin, and employees are getting laid off. I could go on, but there's already enough coverage of what's happening in all these matters elsewhere. The point I want to make is that in any subject like this, we're much better served to appreciate the complexity and stay open to new information. Oversimplification leaves us more susceptible to unnecessary repercussions. To be fair, this is largely just my own personal way of thinking and evaluating information. If you ask me about my opinion on a controversial or broad subject, you probably won't get a very satisfying answer. It'll likely be a tangled mess of caveats and conditional statements, noting various viewpoints, and a conclusion that amounts to a long-winded way of saying, it depends. 
The older I get, the less I hang on to firm, concrete positions on things, and the more I recognize almost everything is more complex than we try to make it seem. This makes it hard to talk about many subjects in the traditional way because most people expect direct statements and opinions that are black and white. Are you Democrat or Republican? Is that person good or evil? Do you think the fears are warranted or is it all overblown? I hardly ever take a firm side on any topic or debate because I can see the legitimacy of both perspectives and how neither one is perfect or complete on its own. For example, it was popular to debate the theological position of Calvinism versus Arminianism in my college. And I have close friends who had opposing positions from each other, so I got to hear both sides. But I never really settled on any firm position myself. I didn't identify with either side because I always felt like it was more complex than either made it seem to be. Anything that gets neatly divided into two alternatives makes me skeptical to begin with, and I'm extra leery when it's an issue that literally pertains to every aspect of reality and human experience. I'm okay admitting I don't have a perfect, tidy explanation for how free will and God's sovereignty work together, and it makes more sense to me that it would be complex enough that I can't fit it neatly into my own box of understanding. I often come back to a quote by C.S. Lewis in thinking about some of these enduring theological or philosophical debates and questions. He said, Can a mortal ask questions which God finds unanswerable? Quite easily, I should think. All nonsense questions are unanswerable. How many hours are there in a mile? Is yellow, square, or round? Probably half the questions we ask, half our great theological and metaphysical problems are like that. Now, regardless of where you fall on the particular issue of Calvinism and free will or whether you even know what I'm talking about right now, my point is simply that many subjects have greater complexity than we think or admit, especially when talking about issues that intersect with multiple fields and groups of people. It gets much more difficult to simplify it down to a one-dimensional view or position. It's kind of like a Rubik's Cube. Most people can solve one side of a Rubik's Cube without much trouble, but once you try to solve all the sides together, it gets a lot more difficult. If you've ever tried to solve a Rubik's Cube just by moving things around without knowing what you're doing, you probably ended up frustrated and unsuccessful. Maybe you got all the yellow ones on one side, and then tried to get the blue side, but just ended up undoing the progress you made on the yellow side. In order to solve the whole thing, you have to understand how each of the sides work together, and use specific algorithms to move each square or section where you need without disrupting the rest of the blocks. If you just move things around and hope they all line up eventually, you're wasting your time since there's over 43 quintillion possible formations, so your entire life wouldn't be long enough to try each of them once. Once you understand how the three dimensions interact, though, you can work toward a solution fairly easily. But if you don't account for each dimension, then you'll end up undoing the progress you just made as soon as you work on the next phase. Now, look at widespread or complicated subjects we deal with in the world, and the number of factors involved is exponentially greater. 
At a certain level, the complexity and number of factors gets beyond what we can keep neatly contained in a simple answer. I've started using the term infinite complexity when talking about massive topics like gun violence or immigration because once you start to address all the pertinent factors involved, you realize there are too many at play to find a perfect solution that can cover them all. They're too dynamic and have so many intertwined pieces that any course of action will come with inherent side effects and negative repercussions. They don't exist in a vacuum where we can simply fix everything without sacrificing something else or causing unintended consequences in a different area. Medication provides a good illustration. We've developed medication to be able to solve specific problems like high blood pressure with little effort, but they come with side effects as well. You may end up needing to take another medication just to get rid of the side effects that came from your first medication and so on and so forth. Often a better approach is one of helping the entire body get healthier through improving diet or exercise because it can provide a more holistic solution that doesn't sacrifice one thing for another. The point isn't that medication is bad, since it's often the most beneficial and healthy path to take. It merely illustrates how solutions can come with their own additional problems as well, especially when we try an oversimplistic approach rather than a holistic approach that accounts for the complexity and how things are connected. This is one of my frustrations with the current state of politics, because virtually all the issues discussed have an immense complexity, but all people seem to want are simple answers. We're impatient, and there are so many candidates, so we only give them a few seconds to explain how they're going to foster a vibrant economy or to summarize their approach to foreign policy, as if an answer that takes less than a minute can truly address all the factors involved in either one of these. In the end, we come up with grossly oversimplified answers to try to fix things, because we don't want to listen to something more complex or multifaceted. We don't care as much about actually understanding or solving problems as we do about feeling right or having a simple answer. That's what I was mentioning regarding COVID-19. If we only rely on simple answers, we may say it's no big deal and let it run loose, only to see infection and death skyrocket, overtaxing the medical system. On the other hand, if we say it's the worst thing ever and go into doomsday prepper mentality, we create even more problems in the economy and world around us. Like a much harder Rubik's Cube, we need to account for the weight each individual action or solution affects many other factors as well. Even if COVID-19 were to disappear in two weeks, its effects would still be ongoing and significant because the things it set in motion continue along their own path of increasing complexity. As far as what to do about this particular issue, I'm not qualified to give you any meaningful advice because I haven't done the necessary research myself. Just in terms of the concept I'm describing, though, I would say you should probably start from a place of being humble and open to information that surprises you rather than assuming you know what's going on just based on what you overhear. This is a key facet of complexity in any realm. 
If your first reaction to hearing about complexity is thinking you're not smart enough to figure it out or that it's too abstract or intellectual, I want you to slow down for a second. I think complexity is something anyone can grapple with, regardless of how smart you are. Dealing with complexity is much more about your attitude than about your intelligence. You don't have to be able to come up with abstract concepts or do advanced calculus or have a degree or anything like that. The most important element is a willingness to listen and learn and admit there's more you don't know yet. It's being okay saying you don't know something or that your perspective is only part of the whole rather than trying to seem like you have the entire thing figured out right away. There's an old adage that the more you know, the more you realize how little you know. People who don't know much often think they know everything, and people who know the most recognize they know only a fraction of what there is to learn. If you go into something with an attitude of humility and desire to continually keep learning, you'll probably be smarter than 99% of people in that area simply because your focus is on actually understanding, not on impressing people or merely looking like you understand. To be fair, we still need people who have a very concrete and straightforward way of thinking that provides stability and direction. The way each of us interacts or approaches life and complexity will look different, so I don't claim to know the only way or even the best way. I think you can probably get through life fairly comfortably and successfully without diving into the deeper intricacies of everything. You won't necessarily notice any loss or inability to navigate the world and society, and I think this may even be the most common approach. It's comfortable and convenient to have a baseline of understanding and competency that's able to leave well enough alone and not insist on digging deeper. For whatever reason, though, I'm not good at that. I have a desire to dig a little further and see what's really going on, and I don't feel good about taking pat answers without a thorough explanation of the why behind them. Granted, that's a broad statement, and I'm sure there's plenty of things that I just take for granted without looking more closely. But as I mentioned at the beginning, I don't typically settle on firm positions because I see the complexity and have trouble accepting an oversimplification that ignores the bigger picture. Let me give you another example. If you're in Salem, or have been in Salem recently, you may have noticed we have some trouble with homelessness. It's not really anything new, but because of some of the recent laws passed, it's been brought to a more prominent place of attention. It's easy to try to approach it from a simple perspective, saying, we need to fix the homeless problem. When it gets painted this way, you can overlook a lot of the contributing factors. If you just look at it as one cohesive thing and frame the problem as people camping out on sidewalks, you may only focus on getting them to move somewhere else. If the problem is people sleeping where they shouldn't be, the solution is to move them out of those places. Inevitably, what happens is that these people congregate somewhere else because they still need to sleep somewhere, and then the same issue still exists, just in a different location now. And this is partially what actually happened and why the problem is so evident now. Or maybe you could look at homelessness and think, 
it's all caused by one factor. So once we have more affordable housing, it will be solved. In reality, there are countless factors at play that lead to the issue we call homelessness. For each individual that is homeless, there may be a different set of factors involved. There are issues of mental health, disability, dysfunctional families, addiction, income inequality, cost of living, trauma, life circumstances, temperament, self-esteem, education, stigma, and many more issues that lead to and perpetuate the same outcome of homelessness. It's fine to just focus on one of these aspects in order to work toward alleviating the problem, but we need to recognize there's more going on if we want to see significant progress made in reducing homelessness as a whole. Oversimplifying it can keep us busy running in circles thinking we're moving forward while it only gets worse. Another way we often oversimplify is in how we think about the people themselves. The tendency is to see someone who's homeless and make some automatic assumptions about them, or just see them as a problem rather than a person. You can assume they must be lazy or entitled or unintelligent or looking for drugs, but that isn't always the case. If you actually talk to people who are homeless, you'll quickly see they're people just like you, each with a background and a life and a story all their own. I started getting to know some of the individuals I came across and was surprised by the number of different backgrounds and stories I heard. I heard from a kind older man about how he's eligible to receive VA disability income, but he felt so guilty about how poorly he raised his daughter, so he has all the money sent to her instead and contents himself to live on the street rather than take that income for himself. I talked to a very intelligent young man who moved out of his family's house at 16 because it was such a toxic and negative environment, so he chose to be homeless instead, and he talked about the challenges of just trying to stay alive while also going to school and trying to build a better life, about how he's finally been able to get a job and an apartment and is now working on building a better life in order to win back his girlfriend who left him for another guy. I talked to a woman who's been abused and neglected by all the people in her life who were supposed to care about her, and saw how she's got little hope left that anyone could actually care or treat her well. How she does her best to navigate life on her own while dealing with an untreated mental illness. Once you start to hear the individual stories, it gets much more difficult to paint with broad strokes, because each person has a completely different and complex experience of their own. This applies to everyone, not just those who are homeless. The random people you pass by in traffic or the store or in a restaurant, they're people who have gone through all kinds of circumstances over the past 20, 30, 40 years and done their best to get through it all and get to where they are now. If you actually make an effort, I'm sure you could find something secretly amazing about every person you come across. Maybe they're incredibly generous and kind and care about everyone around them. Maybe they've been through a traumatic childhood and are the first one in their family to stay sober or work toward a brighter future. 
Maybe they have an amazing creative gift with art or music or dance or writing. Or maybe they have a profound wisdom shaped by their unique circumstances and experience. If you keep people in simple boxes and labels, you miss the things that make them truly incredible. It's the same for people you know well, too. One of my favorite things is seeing friends I have known for many years reveal new traits and virtues that are outside of what they're best known for. Seeing the wisdom and mindfulness of a friend who is known for being funny. Watching the timid friend taking initiative to show compassion to strangers. Seeing a depressive friend excitedly pursue new goals and passions. When you allow people to show all of themselves, you'll be surprised how much more interesting they are than the simple categories you try to fit them in. This comes back to why I'm bringing up complexity in the first place. It's not about being super intellectual or philosophical or anything like that. It's about being able to recognize the full beauty of people and life as a whole. It's about interacting more meaningfully with the world around you. I'm not telling you to overcomplicate everything in your life or start hanging up a bunch of red strings and newspaper clippings. My point is merely that complexity is already out there, and the more we recognize it and stay open to always learning, the easier it will be to navigate and make sense of life. I would encourage you to be humble and curious. Don't take an oversimplified approach to problems or people just because it's easier. Admit you have more to learn. Be open to surprises and the unexpected. Take a second look. Listen to different perspectives and examine whether your assumptions actually account for the full story. In the end, I think this will lead you to much more richness and depth. See you next time.